Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This morning I would just like to thank the Lord for this great morning. This celebration service this morning, we would like to welcome every person this morning into the presence of God. We would like to thank God for this great opportunity and this gracious moment that we can share the word of God. We want to thank God that we are still alive, that we are still around. Even during this pandemic, the Lord has strengthened us, the Lord has kept us, the Lord has upheld us. It is all because of Him. It's not because of us. Today we are standing here because of what He has done. Jesus the healer, Jesus the deliverer, and Jesus is he's the, he's our strength. He's our shield, He's our defender, He's our butler. He's everything that we need. Hallelujah. So this morning I want to thank the Lord again as we continue with the book of John chapter 1. As we conclude in the book of John chapter 1 this morning, hallelujah. I'm so excited for the book of John because there's so many truths to learn about Jesus Christ. You know, the main theme of the book of John is that John wrote this book so that people will believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And as we continue through this book, we will be we will be more enlightened and we will get more understanding because even I believe in our generation, many Believers that are believers sometimes have doubts, sometimes are not sure, sometimes is not really certain. Is Jesus really the Son of God? You know, sometimes um, religious things, cultic people come into our lives. We hear messages about certain things, and sometimes it brings doubt into many people's minds. But I can tell you one thing as you read through the book of John and meditate upon it, you become to a place where you understand and believe without a shadow of, the, of a doubt that Jesus is the Son of God. He was not just a good man. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just somebody that, that, that would have won the Nobel Peace Prize if he was in our generation. No. Jesus is the Son of God. And today we are beckoning people. We are calling people. We are saying, come, come, come and see. Come and see that the Lord is good. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Let's begin today as we're going to look at something that Vance Hevner wrote. He wrote this. We have suffered from the preaching of cheap grace. Grace is free, but grace is not cheap. People will take anything that is free, but they are not interested in discipleship. They will take Christ as Savior, but not as Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this message. Thank you, Father God, for those who will listen to it and hear it, Father. May their lives never be the same. May they be transformed. May the power of God rest upon them and may the glory of God overshadow them. I thank you, Father God, for the great work that you're about to do in and through their lives. I thank you, Father God, for every person that is connected to this broadcast and is connected to this service this morning, O God, that, Lord, that you will move mightily upon them and touch them and transform them through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We're going to speak part three this morning on the call of discipleship, the call to discipleship. And we're going to look at another two disciples that Jesus has called. Hallelujah. Another two disciples that Jesus has called. And we're going to break into this word and try to understand what God wants to make us understand through this few scriptures this morning. And I believe that we will be blessed this morning as we see an amazing thing that the Lord will open up to us concerning the call to discipleship. Glory be to God. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 43. John chapter 1 from verse 43. The next day he purposed to go into Galilee and he found Philip and Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of a 
of the city of Andrew and Peter. They were, they were, they were from the same neighborhood as we would call it. Hallelujah. And Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, "We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth." the son of Joseph. And the Bible says, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said, of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Glory be to God. And so we begin our, our scripture reading as we have done from John chapter 1 verse 43. We see that here the call of Philip. The Bible says Jesus purposed to go into Galilee and he found Philip. So the Bible says Jesus found Philip. Many theologians, many have tried to figure this out. Did Jesus go looking for Philip or did Jesus find Philip or did Philip find Jesus? Could it be that Peter after his salvation, after his encounter went to broadcast and share the message in his city and therefore he met up with Philip and Philip now walked and found Jesus as Jesus was going into Galilee. But we understand also that the Bible says that God also in the beginning, in the beginning of this, of the first apostles, God gave Jesus the 12 apostles. God gave Jesus the 12 apostles because Jesus said, those whom you have given me, I have not lost anything. I have not lost any one of them. So he received 12 apostles. They were saying how they came to Jesus was miraculous. Jesus met some, some went to evangelize others and then they came to Christ. And we understand now Philip was from the same township, from the same hood like Peter and Andrew. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Jesus said to Philip, Philip, follow me. Philip, follow me. Now, we don't know what preparation Philip had in his heart, what encounter, what Philip knew. One thing that we do know as we go on further, that Philip then says to Nathaniel, listen, we have found him which the Moses and the prophet has been speaking about. So that tells me that Philip had some background study of the scriptures. Philip had some understanding. He had something, he had, he had something in his spirit, he had something that was there, something that might, that was sown over the, over the time of his life, something that he studied maybe in the Jewish schools, or maybe had been under a certain rabbi that he heard, maybe going to the synagogue, he heard the word that the Messiah would come, he heard the word that he would come, but that, but, but, but something that, 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 that interests me here is that when Philip, when Jesus calls Philip, Philip does not even hesitate. He immediately follows Jesus. He immediately follows Jesus. When we look at the word follow, follow means means to cleaving steadfastly to one and conforming to his example. That is what 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 follow means. Follow means con, follow means to cleave steadfastly to one and to conform to his example. We as children of God need to conform to the example of Jesus. And therefore, when Paul writes, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we need to imitate, we need to imitate and we need to conform to the example of Jesus Christ. That is our main goal. As I said it last week, Paul said that, Paul said, my, my greatest desire is to press towards the mark of the prize 
of the upward call of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That was Paul's greatest desire, to press towards the mark, to become more and more like Jesus Christ. 30 years after Paul wrote this to the, to the church of Philippians, Paul had still a greater desire to conform and conform and conform and conform more to be like Jesus. So when Jesus said, follow me, Jesus was saying, listen, follow me and conform to me. Follow me, I'm the leader and I'm going to lead and you need to follow me as I lead. Hallelujah. As I lead, you follow me, Philip. You follow me, Philip. And we know that Philip had this dramatic encounter with Jesus. And the first thing that Philip did was, Philip went to evangelize. We see this in the in the life of Andrew too. When Andrew and John came to the realization or the revelation of who Jesus Christ was, the first thing that they did was to go and tell others. I've said it last week, I've said it in our previous teaching. Something happens to somebody that has a genuine encounter. A genuine encounter always leads to people that wants to evangelize. When people meet Jesus as Savior, and when they get the revelation of Jesus as Savior and their sins are blotted out and washed away, they then have this great desire to go out and evangelize and to win souls into the kingdom. That is for me a genuine encounter with the master. I remember when I got saved that morning, I remember I, I first met a, a first just a touch from a preacher that preached in a in a tent in 1999 on the 20th of January. A preacher was preaching in a tent and something happened to me and I saw this man jumping and shouting and celebrating Jesus and something happened to me that morning and I, and I thought, man, I want this. I want this. There's something about this that I want. I want this. Now, previously seen has been so near to my heart because of people that would come to the school and minister the word of God and something happened to me that morning and then the evening Jimmy Swaggart came and Jimmy Swaggart preached Jesus Christ like I've never heard it before at that time of my life I've never heard Jesus Christ be preached as clear as I heard it that morning now two years prior to that I had an encounter where Jesus walked into my bedroom showed me his nails card hands and feet and I believe that was the moment God called me but I had no clue why I had this encounter but that night when Jimmy Swaggart preached that message on Jesus Christ as crystal clear as he did I now understood what was what was my calling and I remember that night when I gave my that night when I gave my heart to the Lord, I went home, I went to tell my mother, I gave my heart to the Lord, and you know, I did not the reception I received from my mom was not so exciting. <laughs> my mom wasn't my mom wasn't excited as excited as I was. I remember when I told her that night, Mom, I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm serving Jesus Christ. My mom slapped me. My mom slapped me, my God. I walked into a slap that day. A slap. My mom slapped me. She said to me, if your father needed, was alive and he knew that you were going to go to a church like this where they are clapping hands and they are, they are doing what they are doing, your father would turn in his grave. Those were her words to me. <laughs> About the next night, I invited my mom, even through that persecution, I invited her to church. And the next night she sat under the ministry of Jimmy Swaggart and she gave her heart to the Lord also. That is powerful. She also started serving God and it is 22 years later and my mom is still as faithful as can be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So 
Philip has this encounter with Jesus and Philip goes and he then go and evangelizes. I believe that is what the heart of every believer should be. Every believer is a soul winner. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift, stir up the gift, stir up the gift. But the Paul also said to Timothy, you know, do the work of an evangelist. The Bible says he that winneth souls is wise. Hallelujah. The Bible says even in the book of Daniel, if I'm correct, the Bible speaks about he shall be like a shining star, he that wins souls. My God, I can see the bonkers and the Billy Grahams, those who have gone before us, the Charles Finneys and the Smith Wigglesworth and all the great generals of faith and the T.L. Osborns that preach to thousands. They are like shining stars in heaven. Hallelujah. God has called us today to evangelize. God has called us to win souls. We are in a time right now when people are lost, people are confused, people are paralyzed through fear. And right now it is the greatest time for us to win souls. We are even in a time like Israel, like the time like these apostles grew up when they were suffering Roman oppression and many other things that happened to them. And here they find Jesus, the, the Jesus, the, the Son of God. Hallelujah. And we're going to look further into the text and it's going to open up some things and some understanding to you in this hour in the name of Jesus. And we find that they go and they share and, and Nathaniel goes to and Philip goes to Nathaniel and finds Nathaniel and he says we have found him hallelujah come come and see the one whom the prophets has been prophesying about we have found him now Philip was from Bethsaida now Bethsaida we need to understand that Bethsaida was a place where Pete and Andrew came from Bethsaida was also part of Galilee. It was also a city in Galilee. Galilee. Galilee had a few cities. Galilee had Nazareth. Galilee had Bethsaida. Galilee had Cana. Galilee had Capernaum. There were few cities in Galilee. Hallelujah. And so these guys came from Galilee. Now Galilee was a Gentile city. A Gentile city. We can understand this, that when we look at Galilee, we understand the background of Galilee. Now you can understand why the prophets were challenging, challenging Jesus about his origin. Because how could God call Jesus from a Gentile background, from a Gentile community? Hallelujah. And so that's where we found there was resistance. But remember, Jesus was not born in Galilee. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. According to Micah, he fulfilled the prophecy of his birth. Hallelujah. So they did not go back to his birth. What we understand in Bible study is this, that people will not refer to the to them or people did not refer to people to their place of birth but to the place where they grew up and therefore jesus was known as a nazarene or as a as a nazarene because he grew up in nazareth hallelujah he grew up in nazareth but he was not born in nazareth now we remember when we read through the prior gospels because we need to build this case from the gospels the synoptic gospels I understand that when when there was persecution, when remember when the when the um the three wise men came to 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 to, to the king to King Herod and they said a king was born and Herod said to them, okay, go and go into homage, but remember to come back and tell me that I can also do. But we know that was not Herod's agenda. He was ready to kill. And what happened was these wise men was then led otherwise by the Lord. And we remember that there was a killing of all the babies. And then the spirit of the Lord led Joseph and Mary to different places. And Joseph and Mary after the birth of Christ was led into Egypt and then when Herod died now they were then now led back to Nazareth hallelujah they were led back to Nazareth now Nazareth was Mary's hometown Mary's hometown because the Bible says in the book of Luke that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Mary in Nazareth Gabriel appeared unto Nazareth now Nazareth was a place which was a place of um, 
It was a place like of no reputation. It was a place where which was not useful or helpful. So they did not see any use or any help coming from Nazareth. Nazareth at the time was about 200 to 500 people living in Nazareth at the time of Jesus Christ. So we're going to continue. We're going to continue. So Philip was from Bethsaida, from the same from the same, from the same, if I could say, city, or, 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 or we look at it in South African context, we would say from the same province, province, hallelujah, they were from the same province. And we find that um, Bethsaida was a fishing town, and um, Peter and Andrew came from that town. It was a fishing town, and it was northeast of the of, 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 of Galilee, if I'm correct. And we find that Philip and, and Andrew being from this town and, and, and Peter also bring from, from exactly the same place. But say there was a place where Jesus did a lot of his miracles. We find Jesus feeding the 5,000. We find Jesus walking on the water and we find Jesus opening up the blind eyes. But we need to understand something. As we're going to look through the book of John and through the Gospels, we find Bethsaida is mentioned. And at one time, Jesus even curses Bethsaida and Charizan. And why does Jesus curse Charizan and Bethsaida? Because Jesus says unto them, I have done so much miracles in your city, but yet you do not believe in me. I've looked at this and I've come to understand that even in our time, we are faced with the same dilemma. God can be how good to many people, but yet they do not find the time or the giving their lives to Jesus. The Bible says the goodness of God leads a man to repentance. Many people have been healed miraculously. Many people, God has come through for them miraculously, but they have not turned their hearts unto the Lord. Some have turned, up the, turned their hearts to the Lord temporarily until the storm has passed, and then they turn back to the world which has given them nothing. So Jesus curses these places because of their unbelief. And Philip was from one of these places. Now, Philip was the one that the Bible speaks about when Jesus they needed, when Jesus was sitting with the 5,000 near the city of Bethsaida. Jesus said to, to Philip, Philip, we need to feed these people. What are we going to do? And Philip said, Man, if we can't, we, we, we 200 denarii will not even be enough to feed these 5,000 people. So Philip was always somebody that was kind of clueless in the beginning. Kind of clueless, kind of not knowing what to do, kind of not having his way. Um, you remember then the second time the Greeks came to Philip asking about Jesus. And Philip then now sends them, comes to Andrew and Andrew now takes the people to Jesus. And then we find also now, Philip is in a place now where the Bible says Philip now invites Nathaniel. All that Philip knows is that this is the prophet that the Old Testament has spoken about and we need to heed to him, we need to listen to him. And that's what Philip knows, that is what Philip only knows, right? But I like Philip. Philip is the type of person that, um, that even though he does not know much, yet he does not lose the desire to work for God. Because all that he does is he goes out and evangelizes. He says to them, come into the kingdom, come into the kingdom, come and serve Jesus Christ. But he, I, and I'm looking at him as this type of soul winner that when people would ask him questions, he would say, no, 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 come and, come and visit our church. My pastor, will, my pastor will be able to help you. Or, or the preacher will be able to teach you this through the discipleship class. Come and join the church. I cannot answer you, sir. But one thing I can tell you, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Now, this was a, come and see was a type of, a Jewish term they would use. Hallelujah. A Jewish term that would, uh, a rabbi would use when he said the words, come and see. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and see. 
come and see this come and see what um he was inviting him to come and see right so come and see was a formula common among rabbis they used it to show that a solution to a particular problem was possible and that it should be sought together the expression might also point to something new or important or like that amen so he said come and see so so philip is the type of guy that listen he's a, he's a lover he wants to win souls he wants to go out he wants to tell people but he does not know enough but he does not allow his limited knowledge to determine his ability to win souls remember that his limited knowledge did not determine his ability to win souls philip was the type of evangelist that said come and the preacher will lead you further the pastor will disciple you further but you just come hallelujah i like what the bible also says in the book of psalms taste and see that the lord is good taste and see that the lord is good philip says i was come and see self come for yourself come and see we have this we made this discovery but let us discover this together come on man. we're on a journey now we're gonna discover something amazing and that is what happens to me many times when I sit with people in Bible study, when I sit with people in discipleship, when I am teaching people on the road to the discovery of their purpose, I discover even much more. In my equipping of others, I discover even much, much more. And that is what I love. I, I mean, I don't have sometimes a clue in certain things that I'm doing. But as I begin to learn those things and as I begin to, to, to search those things for other people, I make discoveries for myself and that is what philip said you know he said come and see because here we find philip is mentioned a couple of times that he doesn't know what to do but when we go to the book of acts we find philip man he's on fire he's doing great things there's revivals breaking out in samaria and cities and people are getting healed and philip is going through translation because of the spirit of god there is such an amazing thing that is happening in the life of this apostle after this then that philip is is doing great and mighty things for the kingdom of god i don't know if it's the same philip maybe maybe there's a different philip because there were two types of philip in the book of acts one who had seven daughters one who had four daughters but i believe this was philip the apostle hallelujah that did great works for the lord so the thing about it is you might come into christ only knowing that that much but i'm telling you something as you stick and as you follow and as you walk with god you grow you grow you grow you grow you become stronger you become you be you you become weightier in the presence and the power of god i didn't know anything on that day when i gave my heart to the lord at a the conference but one thing that i knew the next day i was at school the people saw the light the people saw the change the people saw that this boy something has happened something has transformed in his life he's not the same and something happened that day to me and there was a great transformation in my life and i started preaching to my friends i started preaching to my teachers i started preaching at the assemblies i just started preaching the gospel wherever i got an opportunity i went forth like a firebrand for jesus because something happened to me hallelujah hallelujah i got a feeling i got a feeling that something is going to happen to you you're going to be set alight hallelujah you're going to become a sign and a wonder. You're going to become the mouthpiece of God. You do not have to worry about the limitation of your knowledge. But all that you do is just invite them. Come and see. Come and see saying to somebody, listen, I'm going to invite you. I do not know much, but we can even study the word of God together. We can even make this discovery together. Let's even go to discipleship class together and make these awesome discoveries. Hallelujah. About who he is. And you see that he, he then invites Nathaniel to the party 
Hallelujah. And he says, we have found him whom the prophets in the Lord Moses wrote about of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And listen to Nathaniel's reply. But the Bible says, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and seek. So he asked the question, can anything good? So Philip has doubt about this, about this, that, that, that I mean, Nathaniel has doubt about this, that Philip is now um, announcing to him or saying to him, <laughs> you know, because it shows me that, that Nathaniel was a, a, he was a student of the scriptures. So according to him, there was no ref reference of, 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 of Jesus or the one who would come from Nazareth. And so he's shocked about Nazareth because he's from Cana. And there might have been a little bit of a rivalry. We know today in our city, we have um, two rugby teams. We have Strand and we got, we got St. George's. And we find that the, there's always rivalry between the, the supporters of these teams because they believe differently and they follow a different team. So there's always a rivalry between the two hallelujah and so we find this that um, even in our many sports we find rivalries between clubs we find rivalries between teams in different cities and, and there's always rivalry so we don't know was was the rivalry between these two but one thing that, that that nathaniel could not be convinced at that point was that jesus came from nazareth can anything helpful what 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 nathaniel was actually asking was can anything helpful come from nazareth can anything helpful come from nazareth or useful from Nazareth because of, of the type of reputation that Nazareth surely had. Now, it wasn't maybe a set of immorality or something, but it was something that maybe uh, people look down upon Nazareth. Um, uh, and I love God because God is amazing. Remember, as I said earlier, Mary was in Nazareth when the angel came to Nazareth. It's amazing how God calls people from the uttermost and raises, raises them up to become great men and women, hallelujah, people that are born in obscurity, people that has been born in in, 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 in disastrous circumstances and, and God raises up these men and women to become great, great men and women of God. It's amazing how God goes into the places where people did not even think something good would come out there and God raises up men and women, generals from that people. It's amazing how God shows up in a family where people didn't even think that God would even show up or even choose anybody body and God raises up a voice a mouthpiece for his kingdom I can look back today and I look at many people that God has raised up God chose people that were not the, 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 the was not the cream of the crop was not the people that um, that would and other people would look at or people that people that were disqualified people that look useless and, and helpless but God raises up people like that. And we find this in the book of, we find this that Jesus, and we find this that God goes to Nazareth. And we shouldn't question God and how he works and what he does. But one thing that we do know is that God is an amazing God. What he does, we do not question. What he does, we do not, we do not try to figure it out. But one thing that Nathaniel now, because of being a, a student of the word, Nathaniel questioned Jesus' origin. Now, sometimes I find this that even in the 21st century church or even in this place, in this world in which we live today, many people are trying to, many people reject Christ because of, 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 of how they see him. And we find this that they rejected him. They did not receive him. He came on his own and they did not receive him. And we find this is a common trait today. People do not receive Jesus for various reasons. People doubt Christ because of many things. People were thinking that um, if Jesus, why, why would Jesus 
Why, why would Jesus want to change my life? My life is fine. I'm just doing good. I'm just doing fine. Some people are, are too intellectual. Some people are always using reasoning to, to overcome whatever obstacles are before them. But I want to I wanna bring you today as we're gonna as we're gonna look at this. Hallelujah. Nathaniel is now looking at this Nazareth. Remember, I explained to you Nazareth being this little city in, in Galilee. Nazareth also being a place, as I said, a Gentile origin place where Gentiles came from. And so it was not something that many Israelites could grasp, something that they could they could they could they could understand. Why would why would why would why would Jesus come from Nazareth? Hallelujah. And so they believed that there was nothing worthwhile from there. But we remember that they did not do a background check truly on Jesus. Because if they looked at Matthew 2 verse 19 to 23, they would understand that or, or they had a stigma of Nazareth at that time. But if we look at the, at the Synoptic Gospels, we understand that he was born in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. Hallelujah. He was born in Bethlehem. Now I said earlier that Philip didn't have much to say to Nathaniel and that was wisdom of a soul winner. Sometimes when you cannot answer people do not want to go in for the challenge when you do not know what to say. Rather invite them to come and see for themselves and that is what Philip did. He said come and see. He didn't argue with Nathaniel. He didn't try to um, put out the fire or try to discourage Nathaniel. He just said come and see. We understand that this expression might also point to something grand and important what we said earlier on. Hallelujah. Jesus would use this this type of invite to invite many people. And Jesus would say to people, come and drink. In John 7 verse 37. In John 21 verse 12, he said, come and die. We look at this invitation of come. It's the great invitation of God to grace. The great invitation of God to his grace. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches us in John 4 verse 25 and 29. When the Messiah is come, he will tell us all things. This is what the Bible says. Come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. This woman went into the city after she had this encounter with Jesus. And she went to and said to the men in the city, come and see see a man come and see a man she made an invitation i know you won't believe me if i preach to you because you are going to judge me on my reputation you're going to judge me on my past but one thing that i want you to do come and see this man who told me all things i think he's the one i think he's the prophet hallelujah the bible says they came out they met christ then they said to jesus come two days longer and stick around in samaria i love this when people truly has an encounter with jesus they invite him hallelujah you always find people that when they met Jesus, they want to pray, they want to read the word, they want to seek him, they want to spend time with him because they have invited him in, now they want to dine with him. I believe that is a genuine encounter. My prayer today is that us, as we preach this gospel to the nations and to the cities, our prayer is that we're not just going to have altars because of numbers, but we can have altars that is going to be set ablaze. We can have the altars when people come to the altar, their lives will not be the same. There will be fire at our altars in the name of Jesus. Jesus, and that is my prayer this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And that is the prayer that I want us to have, that when people come to encounter Christ, they will have a life-changing experience. When your son comes to the altar, when your daughter comes to the altar, when your husband or wife comes to the altar, they will encounter Jesus and they will be transformed by the power of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. This woman at the well had an encounter, five husbands with a boyfriend and God changed her life into an evangelist. And what she could do was she could only invite them to come and see. And the Bible says, hallelujah, they came, they invited Christ into the city for two days. 
and I'm sure Jesus must have taught them. He must have been teaching them. They were sitting at his feet. And the Bible says that after those two days, the Bible says they said to the woman, not only did we believe now your report, but we believe for ourselves. We believe for ourselves because now we have heard not only what you have said, but we have now come to see that truly this is he. Hallelujah. Come on, truly this is he, truly this is the one. Their lives were changed, their lives were changed. Glory be to God, hallelujah, glory be to God. Their lives were changed, the Bible says, and many more believe because of his word. Because now they have come into and they have encountered Christ for themselves. And the Bible says now many more believe because of his word. Because they invited Christ into their lives. Many more will believe. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said. Come on. Sometimes we come, we find people, they, they do not want to be influenced by our decision making. They say it's not for me. But there comes a time when they encounter Jesus for themselves. And then they begin to testify and say, yes, I heard you said it's good. But come and tell you now that I found him, I have I've discovered that truly it's not a myth. He is really, really good. Jesus wants you to encounter him for yourself. Hallelujah. Therefore, salvation is a personal decision. But Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor, but in his own town. But I want to just go back here I just read a little bit ahead. It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard of for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of the world. And after two days, he went forth from there into Galilee. Hallelujah. From there into Galilee. We praise God. So they, they, there was a miracle that happened. So they believed now in Jesus because for themselves they encountered him. Therefore, we, each and every one of us, as I said in our previous teaching, each and every one of us must have a personal encounter. Now let's look at Jesus' words to Nathaniel. Jesus now, Nathaniel encounters Jesus and the Bible says Jesus saw Nathaniel. I believe that God knows each and every one of us, the omniscience of God, the, the all-knowing God. And he sees Nathaniel and he says to Nathaniel, hallelujah, behold and Jacob. Now we're going to look at that word Israelite, which speaks about, we're going to look at it in the context of Jacob. And later on we will see in verse 51 why we're looking at it in the context of Jacob. And he says, now listen to this. He says, behold a Jacob indeed, whom whom there is no deceit. Now when we have read the Old Testament well and we have looked through the Old Testament, we understand that Jacob started off good. But then Jacob then and his mother now conjured up this whole thing to get the blessing of the firstborn. And then they now deceive the father to bless Jacob. And the Bible says Isaac said that Jacob deceived him. And therefore we know that Jacob then developed the name of supplanter or deceiver. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that Jesus looks at Nathaniel and says, Truly this is one Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He just does not carry the name, but he also has the spirit of truth within him. He also has that spirit that is now a spirit that desires the truth and a spirit that has been living by truth, a, a desire truly for God. So even when he looks at when, when I'm sure he must have, because of his omniscience, must have known that that, that Nathaniel doubted because of his because of his place of origin where he grew up. But yet Jesus said that that did not come from a deceitful heart. Sometimes we look at people that people sometimes respond because of ignorance and it's not because of deceit. And we find that this was not like the Jews that, that Jesus encountered when they said, nothing good can come from Nazareth. This is the son of Joseph. And we understand when they said he's the son of Joseph 
of it was not because of, of, of deceit or because of evil. It was all because of um, people used to refer to people back in those days as the son of Joseph. We know that they said that this is the sons of, of Zebedee. This is the sons of Jonah. Um, and this is what they called the three types of people. This is what they call people. They call them at their father's name. Hallelujah. And so we know that, that, that Jesus now says, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, Hallelujah, I saw you. I saw you. And here we see that Jesus, now the omniscient presence of God, the word of knowledge, a supernatural event takes place and Philip and Nathaniel is known by Christ as Christ knows each and every single one of us. And we find that even in the book of Corinthians, the Bible says, hallelujah, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 23 to 25, the revealing of human heart should also take place in the local church because this also leads people to God. Because through the supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ, Nathaniel was convinced that this is the son of God, the king of Israel. He understood this and he was now convinced and the Bible says, he says, Rabbi, Rabbi, he says to him, Rabbi, 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 you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. He said to, he said to Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. Now, Rabbis or Rabbis used to go into the fig tree to pray or to meditate. And I'm showing this time as Nathaniel was praying and meditating because there must have already been a buzz in the city about Jesus Christ. There must have been some type of buzz because this is now another day, another occasion. And so the previous day he met Peter and John and John went to fed and Andrew, I mean Andrew and John and Andrew went to fetch Peter and I'm sure Peter and were blazed and they evangelized and news started spreading. So, so this was now a time when Nathaniel went and bowed himself and said, Lord, if this is you, let me see that this is you. Surely that could have been his prayer. I don't know why he prayed, but something in this that Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree, convinced this man that Jesus was the son of God, the king of Israel. Hallelujah. And so he was now convinced. He didn't need any more convincing. He was now convinced about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I pray today that God will open up our eyes, that we will now be totally converted and changed. Now, Nathaniel could have also been Bartholomew, because there's many references to Nathaniel after the name of Philip is Bartholomew. And so they said it was not something uncommon for somebody to have two names at that time. So Nathaniel could have been Bartholomew, one of the powerful disciples of Jesus Christ. If some of us must have asked, where did Nathaniel go later on in scripture? We know that he's mentioned again in the book of John chapter 21. Nathaniel has this great encounter, he's then experienced a great change in his life. And then he said, hallelujah, Jesus said to him in verse 50, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these, said Jesus. You will see greater things than these. Hallelujah. Our salvation experience when we become children of God is our entrance into salvation. But after that, we then begin to have, when we continue in Christ, we begin to experience greater things on our journey. And my desire is that each and every one of us should experience the greater things in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. My prayer is that everyone should experience and encounter God in a supernatural way. My prayer is that some 
somebody will encounter greater works and when we look at the life of Nathaniel this was the beginning of a three and a half year ministry of Christ the Bible records 37 great miracles throughout the Gospels but then John concludes and John says if everything was written the books of the world was not able to contain even that which was going to be written so we understand that there came greater things miracles signs and wonders was the daily event of these apostles and they seen greater works they seen greater things hallelujah they saw countless miracles they experienced great great miracles and jesus says further and as i conclude with verse 51 and he said to him truly truly which means amen amen so it shall be this is jesus speaking so what is about to follow is very important i say to you you will see the heavens open and the angels of god descending and ascending upon the son of man earlier we spoke about an israelite in whom there's no deceit was as a reference to jacob and now we see that this is also a reference to what happened in genesis 28 when jacob saw the ladder when he slept in the when he slept on with his head on a rock and the ladder the heavens he had his dream and he saw the lord standing on top and the heaven and the ladder coming down from heaven and angels ascending and descending at that point it was the protection for over jacob's life but in this point it is now the fulfillment of what jacob saw and this was now a time where jesus said you will see the heavens open and we truly understand that the heavens was opened the heavens opened at the at the baptism the heavens even opened when when the bible says stephen was martyred the heavens was open in the name of jesus the heavens were open and we see that as the heavens were opened this makes us think and make us see some powerful things when we look at the heavens being opened jesus was saying I am the link between the earth and the heavenly realm. I am the revealer of heavenly truths unto man. I am the mediator between God and man. I am the mediator of the new and better covenant. This is what some of these interpretations could mean. You would see angels ascend and descend. I am now that ladder. ladder. I have now become the ladder. I am now the movement between heaven and earth. I am now the link between heaven and earth. I am now the connection. You will see that heavens open. You will see angels ascending and descending. My God, the power of the Holy Ghost. They saw it. Hallelujah. Jesus was strengthened by an angel in the wilderness. Jesus was strengthened by an angel in Gethsemane. And over three and a half years, they might have seen greater things of angels and, and so many other things that might not have been recorded in the word of God of angels. But we know there was miraculous signs and wonders taking place. There were angels that showed up many a times there was angels at his at his resurrection there were angels hallelujah that rolled the stone away there were angels that showed up they were ministering of angels the heavenly has now been correctly connected with the earth in my belief i even believe jesus when he prayed he said hallelujah let thy kingdom come let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven that was jesus words that was jesus words that was his preaching hallelujah heaven was going to connect with earth there was something that was about to explode there was something that was about to manifest and they were about to see it they're about to experience it they're about to encounter it they're about to encounter jesus like never before and this was the message 
to these precious apostles. This was the message to, to Nathaniel. And I believe that the church is about to see greater things. The church is about to encounter greater works. The church is about to encounter greater things. The world, I believe that as you come, as you come and see, as you come and taste and see that the Lord is good, I can invite you, but I want you to encounter him for yourself. I want you to encounter Jesus for yourself. You can, you have heard about healing, but you can know him as the healer. You have heard him about as savior. You can encounter him as savior. You have heard about him as deliverer. You can encounter him as deliverer. It is your time. It is your season. Come and have a meeting with Jesus. Come and have an encounter with Jesus. This is your hour. This is your season. This is your time. Come to the place. Come and dine with Christ. Come and drink the waters. Come and eat the bread. Come and enjoy Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I can only tell you about what the goodness about him. But if you do not experience him for yourself, you will not know what it feels like what it is like what it tastes like and therefore i want you to come and taste and see that the lord is good glory to god hallelujah glory to god and the bible says and you will see the angels ascending and descending upon the son of man as i conclude with this Jesus used the term son of man. Throughout the book of John chapter 1, they called Jesus many things. John called him the light. John called him the word. John called him um, the prophet. They called him many things throughout John chapter 1. He was called many titles, the light, the life, the word. And there's many things that he called. But he calls himself the son of man. The idea behind this is to understand that he is the perfect man. Or the ideal man or even the common man this is not what he was trying to say instead it was a reference to what daniel said in daniel 7 verse 13 and 14 where the king of glory who comes to judge the world was called the son of man we're going to look into some of these jesus used this title often because in his day it was a messianic title free from political and nationalic sentiment when a jewish person of that time heard king or christ they would often they often thought of political or military savior jesus emphasized another term often calling himself the son of man this term the son of man points to us that christ's conception of himself as a heavenly origin and as the possessor of heavenly glory at one and the same time it points us to his loneliness and his suffering for man the two are the same as we conclude with this, Oswald Chambers said, discipleship is based solely on devotion to Christ and on following our, and not following after particular belief or doctrine. And when we see these apostles, they follow Jesus to the end. As we conclude this discipleship number three, and we might preach again about discipleship in the future, but through this through this revelation that we have got in this hour that what we need to do to become genuine disciples of christ this is now my desire that you follow jesus with your whole heart with your whole mind and with everything that is within you when we see that at the close of the fourth day jesus has now just gathered six believing men who were his disciples they did not immediately forsake all because we know that in the book of john the bible says they jesus found them then the next time when we're looking through the Synoptic Gospels, we find that Jesus now says, follow me. And the Bible says they throw down their nets. And Jesus makes them fishes of man. I believe that when you get to know him as Savior, there comes a time when you get to know him as Lord of all. 
There's a time when you know that you have to forsake certain things. Not all of us are called to full-time ministry. Not all of us are called to certain things in the ministry. But there comes a time of forsaking. There comes a time of letting go. There comes a time of relocation. There comes a time where you have to lay down in order to take up. And that is what these apostles did when they later on followed him. They forsook all and they followed Jesus. Forsaking all is not always giving up your job. Forsaking all is not giving up your always giving up your family. But there comes a time of forsaking. There comes a time where you make God Lord of your life. And this is a time when you have reached true discipleship, when you have come truly to a place where you follow him and you are you are willing to let go of everything. And we see that in the next three years that lay ahead they would grow in their faith they would learn more about jesus and one day take his place on the earth so that the word might be carried to all humankind jesus of nazareth is god come in the flesh when philip called him the son of joseph he was not denying jesus virgin birth or nature as i said earlier when he said son of joseph is just how they used to refer to one another in his heart there was no deceit like there was in the heart of the jews when they wanted to undermine who Christ was. Hallelujah. That was merely his legal identification for a Jewish person identified according to his to his father. Hallelujah. So Jesus, so Joseph was not Jesus' biological father as the Jews wanted to refer to, but he was Jesus' legal guardian in the earth. And that is what we understand. So the witness, when we look at this, the witness of this entire chapter is clear that Jesus of Nazareth is God come in the flesh. My prayer today is that you become a true disciple of Christ and that you follow Christ with everything that is within you and that your heart is set upon serving Jesus and that you do not look to the world and the world you are ready to forsake. You are ready to let go. You are ready to to encounter Christ for yourself. This is an hour where we need to understand what we have been called to. We have been called to some some um some you know sometimes we have made this call about christ or to salvation as something that is cheap something that is worthless something that is not important something that is only for a certain people but one thing i can tell you that this is a call that god is calling people hallelujah he's calling people to come and serve him the great invitation has been made hallelujah God is inviting you to come to a feast with him. All through the Bible, God invites people to come to him. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. God invited people to the, he did not only invite people to the feast, but God also, hallelujah, he invited people. He wanted people to come and serve him. He wanted people to be a part of him. He wanted people to, 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 to be a part of this great work, of, of, of this great feast of salvation. Come on now. God is calling you. God is calling you. Come unto me, all he that are living laden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Isaiah 6 verse 1 says, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. The Bible says in Revelation 22 verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride said, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that thirst come. 
come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely it is there for you i conclude with jeremiah 35 verse 15 i have sent also unto you all my servants the prophets rising up early saying sending them saying return he now every man from his evil way and amend your doings and go not to unto other gods to serve them and ye shall dwell in the land which i have given to you and to your fathers and you have not inclined your ear nor hearkened unto me it is time to listen to god he's saying come come and follow me in jesus